Hey listeners, welcome to the Learn to Co with Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that you can get the show notes for this episode and every other episode at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast player you listen on. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a review would be awesome too. Here's a quick word from our sponsors who help make the show possible. Interview Cake is an online resource that helps you prep for interviews so you can land your dream job in tech. To find out more and get 20% off, go to learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. Again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. Firehost Project is an online coding bootcamp that fits around your busy schedule. They teach you the technical skills needed to launch a career in web development. For a free personalized career transition plan and $250 off the Firehose Project software engineering program, visit learntocodewith.me forward slash firehose. In today's episode, I talk with David Venturi, a content developer at Udacity who created a data science master's program using online resources. We talk about working remotely, learning to code, and staying positive throughout it all. If you enjoy this interview, you might be inspired to learn a new skill. In that case, you should know about Udemy. Udemy is an online marketplace with thousands of courses. They have courses on web development, app design, data science, individual languages like Python and HTML, and so on. So if you feel inspired to learn something new, go to learntocodewith.me forward slash Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y. And there you'll find a perfect course for you. Heads up, that is an affiliate link. So if you do buy a course, you'll also be supporting the show at no extra cost to yourself. Thanks in advance. Now let's get to today's interview. David Venturi is a former chemical engineer and data analyst who used online resources to create a personalized data science master's program. The program encompasses courses from top universities, including Harvard, MIT, and Stanford, and focuses on topics like machine learning, software engineering, and backend development. David also works at Udacity, where he creates and teaches his own courses on data analysis. Hey, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Ross. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. So before we get going, I would love to talk about what you were doing before you got into tech. So could you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. Yeah. So I'm currently 25. I'll rewind back about 10 years um, into high school. I was generally interested in math. Uh, a bit in science, and um, that's a natural path for people to go into engineering. So I went to engineering, didn't know what I wanted to do, though, never really fell in love with a certain discipline, despite majoring in chemical engineering. Um, but throughout that whole time, I'd always been a bit scared by programming. So uh, I, I kind of hesitated and didn't really get involved into it. Um, and after graduating from chemical engineering and working for a few years, I eventually decided to create my own data science master's program. Um, we'll get into that more later, I'm sure, but that's um, that's kind of where I'm at now. After studying for a bit, I now teach data analysis and data science, and that's where we are now. 
So what did you study in university? Sorry if you mentioned that already. Yeah. So it was first it was general engineering. So just engineering in, in our first year was just general maths and sciences. And then in second year, you would pick a discipline. And I chose chemical engineering. Right. Okay. Of course, that makes sense. I mentioned that right in the in the intro there. So after you left university, did you get a job as a chemical engineer or some other kind of related engineer? Yeah. So I graduated in 2014, worked for about 12 months um, as it wasn't technically a chemical engineer. It was more of like an intersection of chemical engineering and some business stuff. But yeah, um, about 12 months there and somewhere within those 12 months, that's where I realized I wanted to to pivot and change my careers and get out, get out of the major that I decided I wanted to go into when I was probably too young to decide that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think when a lot of people go into college, they're not really sure what they want to do or they have a really clear sense of what they want to do. And then it ends up turning out that that's not what they thought it was all along. Uh, so I'm wondering, what was that like for you? Like, how did you realize that being a chemical engineer or, you know, an engineer related to that wasn't your true calling? Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like it's different for everybody. Um, mine, so as I was like going through my, my master, or sorry, my um, undergrad, it was always just kind of like head down, tunnel vision, like work hard. You like science, you like math. This is what you want to do. Um, and I never really like thought about what I wanted to do. That that sounds stupid, but I think that's a common experience for lots of people. Um, and after seeing what my career led to, like my major would lead to, for example, I would work next to people that were professional chemical engineers, and I just I had never really truly been exposed to what the day to day was, and I realized that's what I didn't want to do. I didn't even really like chemistry that much, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so. After realizing what my perhaps, you know, 20, 30 years would be like, and after realizing I didn't like that, I started exploring and exploring online courses and just trying to look inwards and, and see what I wanted to do and um, like find your proverbial passion. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later, but that's uh, the story about how I actually realized it was like, it was very gradual. Yeah, I feel like what you study in college and the classes you take and then the real world, or as you said, the day-to-day -day can be very different. Uh, I know that's what, I mean, I was in a different industry, but that's basically what happened to me. I thought I knew what I wanted to do, taking classes on it, thought I knew what it was like. And then once I got there within like two months, like actually it's like a month, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not what I thought it was going to be like at all. I don't want to do this. Help. I need to change paths. <laughs> and uh, that's what I ended up doing too. But I'm I'm wondering when you first started taking these online courses and kind of exploring what else was out there. Were you working full time? I was. Yeah, I was working in Western Canada in uh, yeah a full time job that was actually like a really intense full time job too. It was like sixty to seventy hours a week. It was getting um, worked pretty hard. Um, so yeah, the the sweat. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And I know I get this is probably like the number one question I get asked. So I definitely want to ask this to you since you were working such an intense job. But how did you find time to take online courses or find these other you know career options out there and expand your knowledge when you had such a demanding uh, job? Yeah. So the answer is it's basically I didn't. It was I had to I had. So I did it. Or I did. But it was just I, I couldn't dedicate much time to it, which is unfortunate. But um, I'll actually re rewind a tiny bit. So as I was working, um, 
the way that I found online education, it, it was kind of funny. I actually went, uh, so I was working in Western Canada and San Francisco is just like a short, uh, a short flight uh, to there from, from Western Canada. And my friend uh, actually had, we were just planning to do like a mini vacation down there. I'd go visit him because I'd been planning to do it for a while. And out of nowhere, like right when I arrived uh, in San Fran, he mentioned that he got interviewed by this company called Coursera uh, to be a software engineer. Um, and that was my first introduction to online courses. Like I, I didn't know that courses could be put online and that you could just study for yourself for mostly free. And um, yeah, so that's when I was introduced to the concept of an online course. And almost immediately afterwards, that's when I, I just signed up the weekend I got back and put in an hour or two, you know, once every couple weeks, maybe it was very slow at the beginning, but, um, I had to wait for like a lull in my, in my work life to actually to dive into, uh, online courses full time. So was there ever a point then where you ended up leaving your full-time job to learn full-time or to learn online full-time? Yeah, definitely. So I, I was working and then it was actually an internship technically, um, with a potential recall after I had completed uh, a few more courses. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I quit or not quit, but my internship ended in August. And at that point I started to learn full time, um, for, it ended up being a year and a bit through like 30 or so online courses to make my personal data science masters. So yeah, I, uh, I, I was, my full-time job for a bit was being a student. Nice. And were you still living in Canada then? And you were kind of just like taking these courses and then you ended up building your own master's program after that? Yeah, exactly. So I actually enrolled in a, a legitimate university for two weeks uh, at the University of Toronto's, uh, one of their, their computer science program. Uh, initially, I didn't actually know I wanted to do, data, do uh, data science, but I enrolled in this general programming related discipline because I was interested in it. Um, but then after my experience with just online courses, I just, there's so many reasons why, but it was, it was, it was almost a no brainer to drop out, but I, I did enroll in a legit program, uh, dropped out to go full time online, just living, uh, yeah, living in Canada. Got it. So, okay. Cause you just mentioned you, you didn't know you wanted to do data science right away. So how did you come across data science and how did you realize that was something that you were interested in and wanted to pursue? It's a good question. So the the beginning that 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 click and then that realiz- realization that I wanted to switch happened in probably about March of twenty I guess it would be twenty fifteen now, and then the enrollment in the computer science program happened and like the actions to, to start that going happened in roughly July, and then over the next from like let's say August September October um, and maybe a bit of November actually, I was just trying to explore the general. Uh, computer science slash programming realm, which I consider data science to be kind of tangentially related to. Um, but spe- uh, specifically, I took Udacity's Intro to Programming Nano degree, which is like a sampler of four or five coding-related jobs. So, like, I tried to be a front-end developer. I tried to be, um, I guess, like a back-end developer kind of thing. Um, and then data scientist and data analyst was one of those roles. And that's that was like the lead into uh, focusing on data science, but really it was more of like an introspection thing. Um, one article that was, it was kind of funny. Are you familiar with uh, Mark Manson? He's this 
Uh, yeah, I actually am. He has, I know he has a blog. It's not a tech blog. Is it kind of like a personal development sort of? Yeah, it's like a motivational speaker, talker, writer kind of person. And he has this article called uh, Screw Finding Your Passion. And that was like a very, I remember reading it. And I was like, wait a second, this, this makes so much sense. Uh, I just want to like read a, a quick uh, excerpt from it. It was, he said, uh, the common complaint among a lot of these people is that they need to find their passion. And then there's some profanities. And he says, you already found your passion. You're just ignoring it. And that really kind of spoke to me. I, I realized like what I was doing for my whole life and my hobbies, like, was all data related and despite like picking this discipline seemingly out of you know out of nowhere through this 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 program is this udacity intro to programming nano degree it's it's really it really wasn't that surprising it, i had been doing it my whole life okay interesting so what were some ways then that you were doing data related things in your life like well before this yeah so one thing I was super interested in was sports analytics. I really, I was a big, um, I, I loved playing sports growing up as a kid and I always kind of fell for the numbers, whether it was in baseball uh, or hockey or just in general. I, I uh, found digging into those interesting and eventually like predictive analytics stuff popped up in my Twitter feed and I started learning that and I didn't realize that was data science, but um, apparently it is after, you know, digging into the, the discipline that I had just learned about. Uh, but that, that was, that was the major one. Yeah. That's really, it's really interesting. I, um, I'm not a big sports person, but I can imagine how like detailed you could get with different sports analytics and all the different teams and the stats and, and all of that. So that's really cool. Uh, okay. Thank you for walking us through like a bit of the timeline and how you ended up then picking to focus on data science. So then what, could you talk a bit a bit more about this data science master's program that you put together? And um, I, I was looking at your website and whatnot. And it, it looks like a collection of different courses from um, from online, different places online that can amount to a data science master's degree when they're taken together, right? Yeah, exactly. So it was a lot of it was um, spurred out of the fact that I didn't want to pay thirty thousand dollars for this legitimate program that I was like not in love with every single subject in it. Um, so I wanted something highly personalizable. I wanted, um, you know, like seemingly like I already tried online education through Coursera, through Udacity, and I knew the product worked for me. I could learn online. Um, it was legitimate stuff. Um, and yeah, so there's this website called classcentral.com that I actually ended up, um, writing for for a bit for about six months before I took this job with uh, Udacity and they have reviews for almost every online course or every online major online course um, so the first thing I did was I broke up data science into kind of like sections um, so data science is a multidisciplinary subject uh, like there's programming like you said there's, there's other stuff there's um, statistics there's uh, there's just tons of stuff. I'm trying to like do it live here, but um, I broke down data science into those subjects, and I did that through looking at actual online data science master's programs from places like you know Stanford, Harvard, Berkeley, and tried to mimic those as closely as possible um, based on the best reviewed courses on Class Central. Um, that's all from like user data. Like students will take a course and they'll put like five stars and they'll put. Uh, a, a 
like a, a like a comment saying I really like this course for this reason and I, I read through a lot of those reviews and it was a really detailed uh, curriculum um, and yeah so that guy ended up having this nice personalized program full of like it was probably 25 to 30 courses and and yeah that was pretty much it nice and I have to wonder I have to ask Okay, so you were kind of like a you know chemical engineer, then you switched into programming and you enrolled in a computer science degree at a university, uh, wasn't there very long, taught yourself though still online, then you kind of narrowed it down to data science, then you uh, sort of put together your own master's program to learn data science, and you mentioned uh, writing for the website Class Central, so I'm starting to see this trend here, right, to, like more and more online education, and now in present day, you're, you're a content developer for um, Udacity, so essentially you're helping them create courses that others can take online. How did you uh, then kind of, I mean, I still see these common themes of like data science and um and, you know, in, in helping others in online education, how did you kind of transition then into creating the data science courses? Um, actually, I guess when I say it out loud, it, it seems like a really natural fit. But from, from like starting the website and you're in, in putting together the program and now you're doing it for other people. So it does make sense. But could you just talk about that a bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So like it, I share your like your question. I asked that question to myself. The It, it seems obvious in, in retrospect, but... Uh, I like, I didn't plan to be a teacher. I I realized that I am good at teaching and I, I I like it. Like I really like. So there's a bit of an informational gap here that we haven't shared yet. But in between creating my online master's program and taking this job at Udacity, uh, I did write for Class Central and like created these like more thorough um, data science career guides. So like instead so, like my program, uh, I created it with the mind of a non-data science fluent, non-data science fluent person, um, but I worked for six months to create this, like, you know, like review vetted, like crazy, like everyone in the world or like every data point in the world um, thinks this this points towards this collection of courses being the best for anyone that wants to start data science online, um, and that's actually how like those articles I wrote a series of five or six articles on on Free Code Camp's Medium publication, which is like a really popular technical. A publication on medium and that's how i got discovered by udacity and they actually convinced me that i'd be a good teacher and i, I wasn't even i didn't think i'd you know i didn't want to initially do that um but after like thinking about it i didn't hop to um accepting the job right away but i realized that what i had been doing in in writing those guides and in writing my own program and, and blogging about it it's it's kind of like teaching in a way you're 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 expressing your thoughts in a a manner that can be um digested by the be- absolute beginner and adding in some of udacity's like trademark creative elements like we can do animations and we can have these like funny little jokes and i just found it really fun um so to, to wrap it up and kind of get back to what your initial thought was it wasn't clear, but like um, like seemingly a lot of my past experiences, it, it became clear over time. We're taking a quick break from this interview to hear a word from our sponsors who helped make the Learn to Code With Me podcast a reality. One of my all-time favorite resources for techies is Interview Cake. 
a tool that helps you practice technical interview questions so you can land your first or next job in tech. When you join Interview Cake, you get over 50 hours of technical interview practice questions. The questions cover a range of different languages, including Java, Python, and Ruby. You get hints to help you through the process and walkthroughs of the answers you don't understand. Interview Cake has helped people land jobs at Google, Amazon, Apple, and other top companies. What's more, the guys at Interview Cake are so confident that they'll be able to help you that if you don't get the job you go for, they'll give you your money back. You either get a life-changing job or a complete refund. There's seriously nothing to lose. And I've managed to get 20% off the price for Learn to Code With Me podcast listeners via my affiliate link. Just go to learntocodewith.me forward slash cake and the discount will be automatically applied. Again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. Firehose Project is an online coding bootcamp that fits around your busy schedule. Through personalized one-on-one mentorship and a robust curriculum, they prepare you to launch a career as a web developer. Often, the biggest thing that prevents people from learning to code is not having the right support in place. Here's their CEO, Marco Marowak, with a tip on how to set yourself up for success when learning to code. You should absolutely get a mentor or personal trainer when learning how to code and breaking into web development. For looking at the research and we're looking at our students, people who get one-on-one training, they actually outperform all other students by up to 98%. Firehose are offering a free, personalized career transition plan and $250 off their software engineering program. Head to learntocodewith.me forward slash firehose to learn more. Ooh, I love that. I love so much of what you said there. And I I have a bunch of questions now that um, are are about you, but also I think that will really help the listeners and and more so uh, provide them some advice. So first of all, I love that you got discovered by Udacity from writing online. And I I know you mentioned the Free Code Camp uh, Medium blog, and I know a lot of the listeners here are aware of that and read it already. Uh, I've had a few articles when I was writing more uh, in my free time uh, published there as well, maybe like a year or two ago. So that's really exciting. Um, How many articles did you write on Medium and... Also, aside from being reached out to by Udacity, did it did, did writing online and um, in front of a larger audience did was was there any other um, professional benefits that you saw come from that? Yeah, definitely. That's like it's almost exclusively why I have this amazing um, opportunity to to teach people over the world uh, currently is because of my writing. I would say it's it's exclusively because of that. I know like your past guests have ex- expressed. Uh, similar things. Uh, I think the like, last podcast was Alice and or I guess depending on when, when this is released, but people like one of the top recommendations I see now is is just start a blog and get seen and and publish your work. And it's uh, yeah, it definitely worked for me. And I've seen it work for a lot of other people, too. Yeah, I always say this, too, when people ask me, but the my own blog and writing on other sites as well has totally helped like my career in many different ways. I think it's like a version of networking for one, like you can get to connect with people through your writing who see your posts. Um, Also, like with what with with your example, right, you it literally helped you like get a job like you got you got recruited by Udacity, a huge, awesome 
you know, well-funded tech company in San Francisco to go work for them, uh, even though that like wasn't your end game when you were, you know, writing these guides online. Or maybe maybe it was, maybe it was to get recruited, but it sounds like you were, you know, you, you didn't want to be a teacher. It wasn't exactly what you wanted to do, but turns out it is a really good fit. So I think, yeah, that you're just like an example of how it goes to show how important, how helpful like writing and putting your work out there can be. Yeah, definitely. Like this is just to speak to the the point of whether my my goal of writing was to get a job, it it partially was. Like I can't I can't lie like that. But like a huge reason was to legitimize just like the value of um like my end goal was to prove that this program that you can actually learn from online education, um, works and that it's like legitimate. So um like blogging about it was a way to get people like to convince people that that was true not only for myself but for just other people in the future yeah and oh i'm going to try to word this in a way where i don't confuse myself or you but it makes also so much sense that you got discovered then by Udacity because what you were writing about was self-learning, right? And teaching yourself data science and how to go through um, a program and, and different thing and different things like that, like build your own program. So it makes sense that you attracted a company like Udacity who's doing that, you know, at a much larger scale, right? With like all these different courses and a lot of people behind the scenes producing these courses. Yeah, definitely. So when you were writing, um, before you began working at Udacity, but you you did mention there was some career motivation there, right? Like you want to legitimize yourself, you know, get some exposure, things like that, which you know totally makes sense. I mean, that was definitely a reason why I, I mean, why I still put time into writing and producing content online, right? Like just just being prolific and putting things out there, I think has a ton of value for your career. Um, but what kind of jobs like were you more interested in before you got approached by Udacity? Did you did you have that in mind? Yeah, I was actually I was in the full process of applying for jobs, um, and I wanted to get technical, and I, I still do. I still want to like I, I'm one of the great things about working an education company is you can um, like they really promote education, so you, you can I can still continue to get more technical and, and learn and learn more. But I did want to start like in the prototypical data analyst um, position in industry. Uh, in Canada, that means usually it's like. Uh, like banking related stuff. I do have like an interest in economics and finance. So I was applying for those kind of jobs. Uh, but then I realized that, you know, what, maybe, maybe education is like this common thread that I've always been interested in. Um, and I should stick in this one. And I'm, I'm, I'm in love with the industry and, uh, and don't plan on switching out of it soon. Yeah. And I mean, you're only 25, right? There's a lot of different directions you could go and you could work in the education industry and do something more um, related to data science or data analytics uh, rather than teaching courses about data analytics, but that's still really cool that you know you get to combine those two things together. So another question I wanted to ask because I know that um, Udacity is based in San Francisco. I don't think they have an office in Canada, so I'm going to assume you're working remotely, right? That's true. Yep. Okay. I think they're they're based in like Mountain View technically, and then they have an office in San Francisco. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mountain View. So, what is it like working remotely? Do you enjoy it? Um, I have a lot of listeners that want to work remotely themselves. I know you you got discovered by Udacity, so it wasn't like you were applying to remote positions, and that was something maybe specifically you were working or, or looking for. But yeah, could you talk about that a bit and, and what your life is like working remotely? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, a lot of, if you like, if you Google remote working, a lot of the, um, a lot of the, the goals behind it are to like, to go travel, like go, you know, live abroad and, um, and, and work from these exotic places. But I'm, I'm not doing that at all. I'm, I'm living 
near my friends and family. And uh, a lot of the benefits that I, I really like are related to uh, to that. And like like the common things like there's no commute. You can, you know, wake up and set your own timeline. One of the one of the cool things that I like is I'm based in Eastern time and they're in San Francisco Pacific time. So I'm three hours ahead. So I get like a, a nice quiet morning um, before like the craziness of the day starts to <laughs> kick in. Um, but yeah, just, uh, the decision, yeah, like you said, I didn't have much of a choice. Um, but there are some, you know, despite the, the Slack being a great tool for communication, um, like Google Hangouts and, and like Skype and such, you do feel a bit, um, I don't want to say left out, but there's a little bit of, uh, a gap there. And eventually I do want to, uh, like, I don't want to be a remote worker for the rest of my life. Um, but right now I'm like really enjoying the benefits. It's, I think it's great for short term and very specific circumstances. Um, and I do plan to take advantage of the travel, uh, hopefully soon, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. Nice. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. So you're like an expert for people who are teaching themselves tech skills, specifically data related skills, right? Like you taught yourself, you built this program online that other people could use. Uh, And now, of course, you work for Udacity, a major online course company that produces tons of really amazing courses for people to take and are changing people's lives. So what is some like key points of advice that you have for people who are early on in their journey? Maybe they've only been trying to learn how to code or some other tech skill for like a month or two months, maybe, what advice do you have for them on how they can reach their goals smarter and hopefully, you know, faster? Yeah. So there's, there's two main ones. We kind of covered the first one. It's just writing. Um, just like, yeah, we covered most of the the points there, but I want to bring up one more thing. Uh, David Robinson, he's this famous or semi-famous, I guess, (laughs) data scientist at Stack Overflow. And he had this blog post that I recently read and it's uh, advice to expiring data scientists. Uh, like start a blog, and despite like it's, it's not just for data science. It, I think it applies to any career, whether it's tech related or not. And I know a lot of your listeners are uh, tech related uh, or tech interested people, but just in general, yeah, like right. That, that's the number one for me. And then the second one related to like personal development and self learning. It's it's not so much of like a like a very like it's not like a technical practical tip it's more it's more mental it's it's staying positive and uh, like, w- like when you're studying online like it sounds kind of like wishy-washy but i found that it was you can have like the best set of courses um online compiled whether you're taking from one provider or a bunch of them um regardless it's it's really easy to get into your own head when you're learning online because you're like you're setting your own goals there's it's there's not as much feedback from like professors or, you know, like sometimes even it's hard to get grading online and it's, it's easy to get discouraged about your progress. Like you you may be, um, you may think you're going like too slow or, you know, am I pressuring myself to do enough work? Not, am I doing not enough work? It's, it's, it's hard to find like a, a solid, like mental state when you're learning. And I think that was one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest blockers to, to my progress as an online learner. It was just, I was, you can get into your, your own head in, in a way. And just like, I found that like staying positive in general really, um, just really helped uh, continue your progress and um, 
eventually master the subject that you wanted to, to learn. So what were some things that you did to help you stay positive when you found yourself, you know, not being so positive and getting frustrated? Yeah, it, it's a lot of it was like taking wins when you when you get them. So say if you submit a project or you, you write a blog post, um, just like celebrating that like you would anything in, in regular education. Like, for example, say you study for a midterm or like study for an exam for like a lot, a lot of time. Normally after that, the exam's done. Like as long as you don't have another exam the day the day after, you'd go for you know like a bite to eat or a drink with friends, or you just go celebrate. And I think like, self recognition was important, um, but also like keeping track of your time. Like there's a tool that I've used ever since my uh, I started my like online journey. It's called Toggle, uh, T O G G L. There's like tons of other online or tons of other time trackers, but like quantifying your like the work you put in each day and categorizing it. I found that to be really insightful as well. And that's very uh, apt given the fact that I was studying data. Yeah, I was just thinking that that's that's funny. I used to <laughs> I used to time myself a lot and I stopped more recently. Um, I think with the transition to like a full-time job, it became less uh, relevant to me or applicable to me. But I'm curious, like when you were – time tracking because I do love this idea and using toggle and then you said you were categorizing it like would you categorize it yourself or was this kind of a tool where it told you like oh you spent five hours in gmail this week or or what have you yeah I've never used those so toggle is all based on uh it's just you you type in what you're doing and you click start and then it just so you self-categorization so it'd be like I worked four hours on statistics this week or whatever day um but yeah, have you have you had experience with the ones that track by like app application? Yeah, it's used for a different purpose though. So that actually, okay, that that makes sense then. And I think I've heard of Toggle. Do like freelancers or contractors ever use it to time work that they do like for clients? I I I, I think so. I I wasn't explicitly told to do it, but I think that's a th- common thing. Yeah. Okay, because I think like maybe I've heard of it before there. Yeah. So I use. Oh, hold on. Rescue time. Yeah, rescue time. Double check the name. Uh, I I like it. What I mean, what it does is it just emails. I mean, I guess I could log in more and look at where I'm spending time, but it emails me at the end of every week. I'm sure you could, you know, adjust the settings. We could do it every day, and it just tells me like where I spent most of my time online, or, or even just apps on my computer. So like Slack, or um, if I'm using like Balsamic or Sketch, which I use sometimes in my job. It'll it'll pick up on those too. But really for me, it's not very inconsistent. Sometimes the hours I spend on a computer um, <laughs> during the week can vary drastically if I have like a lot going on that week or if I'm on a vacation or you know, taking time off another week. Uh, the thing that's most like horrifying to me, I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, at work we use Slack and the amount of time I spend a week on Slack is just like insane to me. Except I try to I try to think there some of it isn't is productive time because there is some important communication that can happen sometimes through Slack. But yeah, it, it's definitely eye opening to see like what you're in. And surprisingly for me, I really don't spend a lot of time on social media. Like that's what I you know th- I think when I first got it, like I was going to try to cut back on, but it turned out that it really wasn't that high for me. It was really like some other things like Slack and Gmail where I spent a lot of time. That's funny. That's super interesting. The yeah, like I've just like just re- just clicked that Slack might be a problem for me too. Um, maybe I should get that app and start tracking. Yeah, yeah. But for what you're doing, like I I, I liked what the tip was like tracking the time, but self-identifying what you're doing. Like if you're taking a certain course and then categorizing it. 
as you mentioned, quantifying it and seeing how much time you spend every day or every week uh, learning something new. So, yeah, that's really great. Uh, another thing I want to ask you about, we're, we're running low on time, but uh, – you know, thanks again for sharing the positive, uh, the positivity, and and some of those tips there. Were there any projects that you were building? So I feel like a really common theme when I ask people this question is they mention like projects a lot, and I'm not as familiar with data science. Like I could definitely think of a bunch of coding kind of web development projects one can do. But were there any like data science or data analytics uh, projects that you built while you were learning? Yeah. So a lot of the yeah, absolutely. Projects are super important. Um, because I was so focused on online courses, um, a lot of the projects I did were a result of the program I was doing. So, like, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Udacity, but they really, or I guess we, we really um, pride ourselves on our, like, projects and our product review process. So I would be submitting, like, five to six projects per, like, nanodegree program. So a lot of those projects came out of there. So it wasn't, like, these passion projects that I was... Um, that you like, for example, like one of your past guests um, thinks of these questions in their personal lives, but it was more of like a instructed project that had to be, it had to be that way just because of the, I was taking a program. Um, but like one of them that I did, I think the biggest, one of the ones that was most popular, uh, also got picked up on, on medium. And that was probably actually the, the, the very first like thread of getting noticed online was um, free co camp. They published a survey. I think it's every year, or every couple of years, and it's uh, how people are learning to code, and it's like categorizes um, these, these survey app, these survey um, participants based on demographic, like general lifestyle choices, um, what industry they're doing, and because code's like you know there are so many different types of jobs with code, and I did like an exploratory data analysis project on that that I posted on Kaggle, and ended up writing about. It. So is like we can maybe link that in the uh, like the blog post notes, but it was just a lot of visualizations and uh, like some statistics and like exploratory data analysis for those people who aren't that familiar. It's it's very um, you're qu- it's like very questioning in nature, so it's 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 very apt for a blog post. Um, and yeah, so Freeco can pick that up, and that was like my main uh, like my most notable project I'd say that I did during my uh, program, other than the. Uh, that series of articles for Class Central, based like just categorizing courses in general. Yeah, that's really cool though. And again, like looking at that data published by Free Code Camp and um, exploring it is also really related to well data and also online education, right? Which is what you're, you know, the industry that you're in today. So, and I, and I know what survey you're talking about. Um, yeah, they send out. You know, as you already explained it perfectly, but the survey they sent out to people, you just did like a further analysis on it with a bunch of visualizations. So that's really awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on and for talking about your career and how you got into tech and all the resources that you used and how you ended up where you are today. I think you have a really awesome story and I really appreciate you sharing it. Yeah, thank you. So finally, where can people find you online? Yeah, so primarily it's going to be uh, Twitter. My handle is. Venturi DB. So it's my last name, then DB. Um, I guess the, the best way would be davidventuri.com, which is um, currently a story of my online education journey um, and like details of my personal data science master's program and, and the reasoning behind each subject within it. But it also has links to my social stuff that uh, might change over time. So I, th- I guess that would be the, the best way, davidventuri.com. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Lawrence. 
If you liked today's show, I would really appreciate it if you left a rating and review on iTunes or whichever podcast player you're tuning in on. Ratings are extremely helpful when it comes to a show's rankings. And by leaving a review, you would be helping me reach more listeners and spread valuable knowledge about breaking into the tech industry. To leave a review on iTunes, go to learntocodewith.me forward slash iTunes. That'll take you straight to the iTunes page and right there you can leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for supporting the show.